Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Collective. Sean's got a fresh pour going on. You want to show the world? Yeah, sure. Why not? Just doing a little pour over action. That is a Hario switch. Nice. Uh, oh, we're all doing our best, buddy. We are all doing our best. There should be a mug in your PO, in your PO box. Just it might saying. be on Monday. Who might knows? Monday. It should be there already. I'm pretty sure I checked. Okay. Oh, it was delivered, so good. I have to go check your mail. Delivered while I was out of town. <laughs> I had to ninja it in there and then just prod you the whole time just because I could. Congratulations. Consider me prodded. Yes. And talking <laughs> about prodding. Just want to make sure everybody likes the page, subscribes, and hits the notification bell. Again, helps us keep uh, keep up with the algorithm and all that good stuff. But really, what's most important is that you get an email every time we go live, which is right now. So, any uh, any thoughts? Anything on the top of your mind? Any tidbits? Well, you know, I was of course I just got in. Uh, I've literally got all my gear at my feet, like it's a it's a bomb blast. Nice. I got in with about three minutes to spare. And uh, came straight over, set up my laptop, started setting things up. And I thought, where's my freaking email from Chance Burles to link into the collective? Uh, I better let him know via DM that he is failing miserably. Yep. And I thought, well, you know what? I've got time to make you coffee. It'll take me like three minutes. Ran into the kitchen, waited out, got my Hario switch all sorted out. And then what happened? I went to grind the beans. I was like, What? My wife took the grinder to her weekend away with the girls to go to the ski race. Oh, Where no. is my grinder? <laughs> so then it was a scramble to find the hand grinder. I'm like, what the heck? What anyway. is even going on in that household? I tell you. <laughs> I don't know what to say. No, it's all, it's actually my bad. Uh, I was having a conversation with my wife and I lost track of time. And then it was like 226. And I was like, oh. And I had the funny thing was, I was doing the poster like i was oh, I had yeah. my post ready on instagram and i was just finishing doing the finishing uh, touches on it and then i started talking to my wife and I put my phone down mm. to talk with her mm. and then so when i picked it up at at 226 right beforehand i was like oh no and i had to finish the post real quick and you know it's really weird there's like uh, there's some phones out there that actually have things called like alarms what and like uh, event what? reminders and stuff what i've only heard of it I'm not sure how they work. Hmm. I maybe might have look to look into, into that. I think I'll, yeah. I'll I think I'll look into it. Yeah. Like Eddie Bravo to. says, maybe look into that. <laughs> maybe look into that. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do my best. You should. You should. While you're doing your best, I'll just get back to maybe being tip of the spear. Ooh, there you go. I like that. I like the <laughs> You heard it here first. That boy. is a fine Kenyan. <laughs> that is. It sounds good. I saw you gave away uh, one of your one of your bags to the the not the flight attendant, the flight the desk lady. Yeah. <clears throat> How about this? How about this for weirdness? So I pulled up, <clears throat> and uh, she was really nice, and you know things were going swimmingly. And I said, "Geez, you know what? Thanks for uh, thanks for the awesome check in. Do you drink coffee?" And she said, yeah, I do. I love coffee. I said, well, I just so happen to have some pretty good Kenyan right here. Would you like a bag? And she said, that would be really nice. And I said, but the deal is um, I got to get a photo with you uh, so that I can kind of encourage others to pay it forward kind of thing. And and she said, oh, I can't, I can't get my photo taken. I said, 
okay, no problem. Um, how about just hide your face? And she said, you mean like this? And I said, yeah, that'll do. And, and, and so I took a photo, gave her a bag and she's like, thanks. See you later. <clears throat> so I get up, I'm going through security. And just as I'm handing my checking, uh, my seat pass, <clears throat> I hear on the microphone, is there a Mr. Taylor? Could Mr. Taylor report to the desk? And I look at the person at the desk and I said, that'd be me. Mm -hmm. And, uh, he and her both come over and say, could you just step off to the side, Mr. Taylor? I'm like, sure can. And, uh, one of the <clears throat> gate agents says, did you take a photo of someone at the check-in counter? And I said, yeah, I did. And she said, would you mind deleting that? And I said, why? And she said, well, the agent said that she told you you couldn't take a picture of her. And I said, oh, really? Because I recall the conversation just as I described it to you. And she said, well, no, she wants that photo deleted now. And I said, well, that wasn't her attitude when I was handing her a free bag of coffee. Yeah. And she said, oh, you gave her a free bag of coffee. And I said, do you still need me to delete this? And she said, can I see the photo? I showed it to her. And she said, uh, and uh, did you see the photo yet? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. And so the anonymous mode, as, as the agent and I laughed about, and I said, so as I delete this, let's just look at each other in the eye and realize that that is not cool. And I do hope she enjoys her coffee, but I hope that someone learns a lesson. And I turned and walked. So my effort to be nice turned into like, why did I even bother? Kind mm. of, okay. Yeah, there's a, uh... There's quite a bit to be said in that little. There's a lot there. to be said in there. Said that, yeah, it's uh, it's kind of sad, but uh, well, hey, Gray Man says, hey, what's up, Trey? Nobody. Um, but yeah, the that's unfortunate. But you didn't delete the photo. You you still posted it, and well, so see, it's all good. See, like, well, yeah, I mean, like I took the photo, and she was like, we were we we're cool, cool like Fonzie. Yeah. And I got up there and all of a sudden we weren't cool. So I'd already posted it up. And like as I deleted it, I was like, this is pretty indicative of where things go wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got your bag of coffee. Now you get to play your game. I, you know, okay. I, I wouldn't even doubt if it was someone higher. Right. Like I, I, it could have been anything. But yeah, at that point, been. I was like, whatever, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Got your bag of coffee. And I just shook my head and walked. Yeah, well, that's all you can do, right? Sometimes you, you just go like, yep, all right, yep, that's makes happening. Makes sense. Um, and it actually, you know, it's kind of interesting. This plays into the topic that I wanted to talk about today anyway, um, which we'll get into in a second. But any other uh, interesting happenings while you were on your trip? Anything you want to nah, nah, throw I down? mean, you know, uh, yeah, pretty just boring a, weekend. Just pretty boring weekend. Whatever, just... <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Well, let's dive into... Uh, this topic that I got for you. This is a good one. Does the past have hooks in you or do you have hooks in it? Dun, dun, dun. And the reason I was thinking about this is we were telling a story. I was telling you a story at one point about me getting jacked up in Afghanistan by my Sergeant Major and being called out in front of my entire troop uh, and being, uh, being called a liar. And it bugged me. Like that story bothered me. And it's 
still kind of bothers me, but less so since you called me on it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the concept is, is like, is it truly, is it the memory that that really holds on to us? Or is it that just we are just like, I can't let this go. I have emotional investment in this. It, like, what do you think? Is it one or the other? I don't know. Give me a little bit more to it. Just let's build it out a touch more. Okay. So, well, I'll, I'll go into for the, the story audience and then, even. Oh, for the audience? Like, man, people are watching. Not just you and me, you know? Right. Yeah. So, okay. Let's say, uh, well, let's talk about this story. So, I had this whole thing happen. And uh, I had misheard somebody. I had taken uh, the gator when I wasn't supposed to. I got asked about it afterwards. I told my side of the story. I said, hey, this is what I heard. The other person said, this is what I said. And that's where I thought we had left it. And I was like, okay. Like, that's where that's where we're at. It's a basically he said, he said kind of deal. And I didn't think anything of it. Uh, later on that afternoon, I was called up in front of the Sergeant Major, in front of the entire squadron while we were overseas. And given a, a, a solid up and down dressing and uh, and called a liar in front of my entire squadron or prior troop, which I was very offended by. I was very offended by that. And I, I still, still bugs me that I was called out in front of everybody. But that's, um, that's my own, like, that's, that's my emotional attachment. Yeah. That's where I'm trying to figure out. Is it the emotional attachment? Is it the fact that that memory is still stuck in my head that I can't quite get rid of? Or is it that I've attached such emotional importance to it that I'm unable to let go? I think sense. that I think this, and and so let's maybe get the. Let me start up my camera. <laughs> oh, that's so much better. Yeah. Um, now we can now so, we can see the now now you, now you can see at least kind of the top of my head. Um, so let's give it a word. How about that? And let's okay. figure out what we're talking about here. And what I think we're talking about is reputation. Mm. That's a good word for it, for sure. It's I, along I mean, we those could lines. use lots of words, you know, yeah. but, but I think that'll get us heading in the right direction. Okay. And so in, in the moment, like it's insulting to be accused of something that you haven't done. It's doubly insulting when it's done in front of a small group. It's mega insulting when it's done in front of the whole world. Yeah. And at that point, it might have felt like the whole world because that was your whole world to yeah, some degree, right? Yep. And so you're being accused of something that you aren't, which is dirting your reputation right in the moment and dirting your reputation in the future unless you get to defend your reputation. Now, I know that sounds crazy that you got to... Do I have to defend my reputation? Well, I think I do. And it's I've worked hard all my life. And if someone wants to throw throw dirt at me, all right, I probably deserve it. But when I don't deserve it, I ain't going to let that slide. Mm. And it's not because I feel obligated to defend me. My reputation is something that sometimes precedes me. And that 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 preceding action is important because you can get a lot accomplished via your preceding reputation before you even step through a door to go into that meeting or onto those mats or into that theater or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
And so you're not only protecting yourself in the moment, but you're protecting yourself many years from now. So here you are many years from now, we'll call it a decade later, and your reputation is still a bit tarnished on that moment, unless you got to set the record straight. And you can't really set the record straight 100% fully in the moment then you can't do it in the future either because all those guys that were standing there listening to that nonsense, they're bomb blasted. Yeah. And not only that, by that afternoon, they bomb blasted. They're all everywhere doing their jobs and whatever. But as they're sitting there drinking the bad coffee, they're talking about that liar mm -hmm. to a friend who wasn't even there. And then they're talking about it at the dinner table. Like, can you believe like that freaking liar? Now their wife's listening to it. Yep. And now their kids are listening to it and you don't get to set the record straight. And so it's a ripple on effect that if you sit down and think about it, it's, it's invasive to some degree. Mm. All of the good that you do can be spoiled in a moment by someone throwing a false accusation at you that then poisons the well water, you know? Yeah. Yeah. This is a, that's a great way to look at it too. I hadn't thought of it so much as a reputational thing in in the long term because now you know I'm, I'm not in the army anymore and most of the people that were there i did get to set the record straight like i was a hard worker sure. and i did my job and but I in the moment to, did you? in the moment i wasn't able to no it was right. just a straight up uh standing at attention while he was yelling at me and that's the way it is uh, there's nothing that's i can change about that right it is what it is um Oh, Gray Man Dad says the word honor comes to mind. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah, it's very to some degree. Yeah. Um, and I guess maybe the struggle really later on is the fact that there's nothing that can be done about it. Is the fact like it's just there, it's out there, it happened, and it was without any sort of reciprocity, if you know what I mean. My, yeah, it was a one way street. Yeah. So what do we do? Where do we go from here? How do we, how do we climb out of this hole? And it, now here's a better question. By we, you mean you. By me. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> yeah, other okay, people okay. as well. There's the people right. oh, can okay, learn okay, from this, okay. right? The rest right. of the yeah, community. Yeah. You can um, establish that. So let's, uh, let's think about it this way. Is it a hole that I dug myself to then get out of? Or is this, I guess it's not really an ambush because I did set myself it, up. It, for it doesn't matter. A a jerk. Does it? Doesn't really you were in a no. hole. That's right. It doesn't I'm matter if you ah, tripped in it, someone threw you in it, someone like whatever. doesn't matter. Elevator up, transporter beam up. doesn't matter. Yeah, You're a in a point. hole. I'm in a hole. So how do we climb out? Yeah, that's a good question. So, you know, the, for me, well, it's, it's different for everyone and it's, it's different on your personality and, and what your expectations are of how to, set the record straight and at what velocity and, and the intensity of the accusation. Like mm -hmm. if he'd have stepped up on you, called you to attention, say you murdered his dog, but he doesn't own a dog. You can look that guy in the eye and say, sir, have you lost your freaking mind? Yeah. All due respect. So, you know, it depends on what the accusation is and it depends on how quickly you have to remedy the nonsense mm. where it becomes tricky is the half truth of, well, he said, he said, and yeah. so it never should have come to that. It, he never should have called you in front of the troop. It, it should have been resolved before anyone knew anything about it. You know what I'm saying? Mm, absolutely. That would be the ideal situation, right? If 
perhaps I had been brought in front of the sergeant major in a closed environment going, okay, so what, what exactly happened? Oh, no, what I'm suggesting is you, it never gets to a sergeant major. Mm. It gets sorted out before it goes any further than two people or three people or whatever. That's true. Section commander could have uh, engaged that immediately for sure. Correct. Mm. So then. And why didn't they? Is it because you're your, not your reputation? Is it because you're because the way that you were working with your section commander up to that point wasn't a two-way dialogue, a two-way street. You hadn't formed a relationship with him that you could have those kind of discussions. You hadn't earned his respect, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'd say that was maybe partially accurate. <laughs> well, and what I is say it part, then, you know? I say partially accurate because there was... It wasn't so much that uh, him and I didn't come to an agreement or him and I didn't come to um, some sort of mutual respect. Was I, I believe throughout, throughout that tour, I was slowly losing respect for him. Well, and then that, you got that what you deserved. And it got, that's exactly <laughs> it, 100%. So, so to, to, to set the record straight then, before, before anyone thinks about how to do it better, You've got to think about how to do it better before you do it better. Mm, that's a great way to, this is a, oh, I like this. So instead of thinking about the incident in and of itself, we have to get, come up with the, the understanding of why that incident happened to begin with. It never had to, right? Indeed. And Indeed. just think about it. Think about it. So um, if, what is going on with my... <laughs> I've been watching it super slow, know, dude. dripping, and it's, it's, it's getting mission creep. The, the hilarious part of it is, is that you have the, um, the maps behind you. Yeah. And so I've been I, watching, watching it, it move I, I, along. Me too. <laughs> me too. I'm staying target locked on you, but I see it's out of the periphery. Um, um, so, yeah. you know, think about it for a second. Yep. Let's pretend that I'm your section commander mm -hmm. and you know me well enough. You know, my ways, it, it would have never come to this ever. It would have never come to in front of a sergeant major. It never would have come to in front of your troop because you and I are going to sort it out. And here's how we're going to sort it out. In pretty short order, if you're going to work for me, you're going to know what I'm all about. And you're going to know your constraints, your boundaries, your the trajectory that I expect from you. And you'll meet those expectations or there'll be consequences. Mm -hmm. So if you want to be a clown, you're going to be standing in front of someone regretting that you're a clown. But if you want to do a good job and if you want to be respectful and you want to um, stay in a two-way dialogue uh, with to get some respect from your chain of command, you've got to do it well right from the get-go. You can't step in on day one and and put your foot through the door and say, I'm here to take care of business and you'll do it my way. What what was that private? So, mm -hmm. you know, if 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 you show up and do your job well and meet all of the righteous expectations of you, it will never come to you standing in front of someone on a parade square in front of a brigade and being called a liar. Mm -hmm. That was an outcome of someone not liking you. That's a great point. I like that a lot. And and as such, it left an imprint in my memory 
based off the fact that I guess in the subconscious mind or maybe in the autonomous mind, I knew I deserved it to a degree. Yeah. And that's probably what bugged me most of all was the fact that I knew I deserved it. I got what I deserved. You did. But I was upset in the way in which I got it. Yeah. And therefore, it I guess. Stung. The consequences are supposed to sting Chance Burles. <laughs> <laughs> what? I thought they were supposed to be all sunshine and rainbows yeah, and kumbaya. Good. Yeah, exactly. Oh, here's, here's, here's your 10th chance to do it right again. Yes, my 10th chance. Excellent. Be pretty good having 10 chances around, I got to say. I'm pretty amazing. But I mean, do you, what, what, what do you think about all that? I think it's it's an accurate assessment. And I was reading this line again, does the past have hooks in you or do you have hooks in it? And really, I think it is the fact that we ho- I, I have held on to this as well. But I think there's a lot of people that hold on to these slights, these insults, these consequences to the actions that they've taken. And, and then use them, I guess. I'm trying to think of how I would use, how I've been using this maybe as a, their fault. A little, yeah, there you go. It's an out. It is always. I like that. Until That's you right. see the clarity of the moment, or until some goofy old guy who used to be a warrant officer kind of tells you how it the program is. <laughs> I'm good with it. I'm good with it. It's yeah, not yeah. just me though, right? This is No, no, that. dude. It isn't. In fact, the only way I can even begin to like put these sentences together, because I was you once. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't understand the game when I first got in the game. Have I not mentioned that I was the Ferrari of potato peelers? <laughs> yes. Yes. You've said it a couple of times. Yeah. I've been barked at in front of a few people. Yeah. And this is, uh, this is what, why I wanted to talk about it is because there was a statement a long time ago when uh, I first got in that said, there was a lot of guys that said, never trust a guy who's never been charged. And I, I never liked that statement first off, because I think it's ridiculous. Um, you don't need to be charged in order to uh, understand what it is to have trust and, you know, back people up and stuff. But the general concept of it is you still, you need to, you need to stand, hold your ground, even in the face of being wrong a couple of times to understand when you're being wrong. What do you think? My on on the track. I think I think uh, I I just like to maybe restructure it a little bit in the sense of, you know, I think this the sentence, the statement. It's an age old statement. I've heard it myself many times. I think in the spirit of it, there's a certain amount of truth to it. But really, what I think it's suggesting is that you've you've got to like make such a mistake that there are consequential outcomes that are steep enough that it is a massive corrective moment for you Mm. where you get to face the error of your ways and choose left or right. And for you, your moment was in front of a troop on a parade square getting barked at. Mm -hmm. And for others, it's, it's way worse than that. And for others, it's way less than that. But it, it's not about if it was in front of a troop or if it was in front of the entire planet or if it was just in front of one person. It's how the person who's getting barked at feels about the moment. Mm. And here's the point that you get to decide, what? I'm offended. 
I'm matru- I'm manufacturing some offense in this moment, and I'm going to hold on to that forever because it wasn't they. me. I didn't drive that thing. It was it was my spirit animal that drove it. Mm. You know, I, I like that. <laughs> Winter storm. First off, good afternoon. How's it going? Afternoon. And then uh, he makes a great comment. We're always the last one in the room to know we're wrong. Yeah, right about the time that you're doing. Left, right, left, right, left, right, left, left, right, left, right, left, right, left. I done screwed up. <laughs> Why isn't your beret on, son? Uh, I'm on charge parade. <laughs> um, and then he also states, carries on, because we're the first ones to believe we're right. Now that, that is a great statement. It is, until you realize through time that you're the last one to be right mm-hmm. in some circumstances. And, mm-hmm. and it's that understanding that bandwidth of the left and right of arcs of, Man, sometimes I've been the last one to know. Sometimes I've been the first one to know. Now I know my left and right of barks. Now I've got to, I've got to start getting better at this. I got to stop peeling potatoes. Mm. So then, th- now there's a, oh, there's a little, is. there's a little bridging position here, and this is where I kind of wanted to get with this, so it's working out quite nicely. Um, Not as nice as this canyon. Oh, I bet it. It sounds Jeez, delicious. Okay. It's <laughs> unbelievable. I uh, I kind of wish I worked at an airport and been nice to you. I just just, just kind of hoping that that happened. <laughs> you would have asked me to delete the photo. I know. I totally would. I, I, w- I wouldn't like. have let. I would have taken a photo and just like put my head above the camera, and then it would have <laughs> I couldn't um, have reached up that tall. Exactly. The uh, so this is where the the branching point is: is that you can hit your your boundary, your left of arc, your right of arc. You can hit one of those sides. And then you can choose to never push the boundary again and just stay safe. Oh, no. Or you can continue to push the boundaries and continue to find those holes. So I know I know lots of people that, you know, made one bad mistake and they're never making a mistake again. Now they're cowering. Mm. So, I didn't say cowarding. Yeah. I said cowering. Cowering, yeah. So explain. Oh, not explain. for you, buddy. I know that you're a wordsmith. Come on. <laughs> you've read my journal or i've read my journal to you dude i've read but your yes. biography oh yeah it's pretty good but to explain the uh cowering coward coward yeah the you difference know you, between cowarding and cowering well being a coward i'm not going to just define that you can hit the googs but googs. cowering is someone who gets her their their wrist slapped hard enough that now they never want to get it slapped again they they're they're curling up in a defensive shell and they won't step out of that tiny little bubble that they, if they want, if they could be all of this, the moment that they start cowering, they can only be this. Yeah. They, they only have that ability. And so you're, you, you start limiting yourself because you're afraid to not push the envelope, but you're afraid to see what you're capable of within a system that has lightly slapped your wrist once. Hmm. So how do we, how do we get people out of that bubble then? How do we expand that bubble? Because for a lot of us, um, I, that was one of the things we were talking, my wife and I were talking about, like some people can be debilitated by that anxiety to get to a point where they can't get up. And I, I say can't lightly. I've been there. I've been there where I physically thought, or I psychologically thought I physically couldn't move. Which was totally untrue, of course. Which is totally untrue. I could physically move 100%. I just had to yeah. do it. Even um, moving your eyes, like. Yeah. 
but so how do we get somebody who is in those positions out of them? How do we get them out of that bubble? Well, I mean, do you have an address? Do I need to go knock on their door? Because that's an option. That's one. You're going to go and then there's, jack them up in front of their family? No, no, no. Knock on the door and say, hey, bro, how you doing? You want to go for a walk? Bam. We're off to the races. Mm. Or, hey, bro, uh, what you doing? Let's sit down and have a coffee. Bam. We're off to the races. But let's say that isn't an option. Let's say they live in Ottawa and it costs $1,100 return to fly there. Mm -hmm. And so that ain't happening. So now hit me with a DM. Let's get a virtual conversation going. And then I'm going to have a conversation with them, just like I'm going to have a conversation with you, just like I have a conversation with lots of people and we'll figure it out. I'm not mm -hmm. saying that you and I are figuring anything out right now. I'm just saying, I'm going to try to figure it out. We'll talk. And if they don't want to do that, then perhaps it's for someone within that small subunit that's wrapped around that person who's struggling, wife, daughter, son, husband, next door neighbor, principal, whatever. Uh, reaches out and says uh, to someone who's got their head in the game, hey, uh, do you think you could give this guy or girl a hand? And so if if no one's reaching out on their behalf to someone who might be able to help, what's left? Mm -hmm. What's left? If they're not reaching out, if you're not showing up at their, to, to reach out to them, and if their associates aren't reaching out, now it's just a void. Now, now it's actually not happening. Now there's just someone in their house stewing about how someone yelled at them once. And so, and, and, and so then it, then it manifests maybe like it did in you that mm -hmm. a tiny little wrist slap got turned into someone cut your throat in front of the entire world, your reputation throat. Mm -hmm. And because you weren't, you didn't empower yourself to adjust that moment because you didn't empower yourself in the days to follow to adjust that moment. Because listen, within 30 minutes of getting barked at, you could have walked right up to the Sergeant Major's uh, office, knocked on the door and said, sir, I'd like to have a word with you. Mm -hmm. And he might've said, get out of here, Burles. All right, you try again tomorrow. But it's your job to set the record straight, not shrug your shoulders, take the throat cut, and then put your head down, get super bitter, and pretend that you're working really hard to establish your reputation. It's hard to get 100% righteous again when you know that you've got that evil monkey hanging on your back, the throat cutting of yesterday. I can freaking guarantee you that within 24 hours, you had adjusted your mindset to, I'm out of here. And if it wasn't as extreme as that, you were like, what am I doing here? And if it mm -hmm. wasn't as extreme as that, it would have been, screw that guy. And if it hadn't been as extreme as that, it would have been whatever insert dot 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 screw you yeah but it ain't about screw you because that ain't going to change anything it's about you screwed yourself and then you've got to unscrew yourself mm. and the only way to unscrew yourself is to is to face up to the moment and do something about it with the person who tried cutting your throat Mm -hmm. Otherwise, I, like I mean, that dude for the rest of his life is is giving you the stink eye. Yeah. I mean, did he ever stop giving you the stink eye? Uh, I never really saw him again. Uh, that's even worse. Yeah. So we got home and that's then, hard on your head. I believe he got posted and then uh, 
and then eventually he died before I ever saw him again. So it was just mm. one of those things like there, right. living rent free in my house. All kinds of rent free. And the worst yeah. part is not only not only are you paying rent, you're also paying utilities up in there as well. <laughs> and those are expensive nowadays. They are expensive. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's uh this is a this is a great, great angle too, because the um the real challenge in moving forward is you know is letting go of that past is is that but the the challenge i find in that is that the past is how we build part of the future let me rephrase that our present is how we build our future but we remember the past as if it was the present and try to utilize the past in order to build a future and then we get all kinds of yeah i don't i don't work that way no, that, that's not how I work. Not, that's not how I think. Uh, how I think is along these lines. The the past has created my present. My present will build the future. My past has no bearing on today other than it made me who I am. I don't need to live in the past. I just need to live now. Mm-hmm. And presto changeo. Uh, anything else is just a pile of nonsense in my opinion. But, you know, other people run their programs differently. Uh, and I'm not saying my way is the best way. It's just a way. But I don't think there's much value in uh, wallowing in the toxic stew of that one time that guy yelled at me. Where's that guy now? He is six feet under the ground at the moment. Yeah. So that's uh, doesn't really matter now. You know, one of the things I was not. one of the things we were talking about earlier was the fact that. Um, we were talking about judgments as well. It was an interesting conversation we had. And um, that there's there's kind of a, a statement that people don't judge other people. And that I was like, that's ridiculous. Everybody that judges ridiculous. everybody in the moment all the time. And constantly you're judging every, everything you see all the time. You know, judging is a, I, I've, I've rephrased it as this. Uh, just recently I've said it uh, as the phrase, you observe, you assess and you categorize. Oh yeah, Have we you were talking heard about me say day, that right? recently. Yeah. Yes, yeah, we were just talking about yeah. that the other day. And yeah. judging, I mean, that's the next phase, kind of beyond. If you don't categorize, or if you do categorize, you can then turn into judging. Or if you remove the categorizing part, it can be observe. Oh, sorry, observe, assess, and judge. Yeah, and you know that's that's not the ideal way to do it, of course. Yeah, I was thinking that the. What I was talking about was the fact that judgment has a negative connotation to it. It does. But that's why I'm trying to reframe the word. You can judge positively, right? (laughs) Or more correctly, you can assess. You can assess positively. Positively. You can categorize it into the positive box. Yeah, that's very true. And I this is this is where I am at, at now is that I can look at my past and I can I can assess it correctly. I can assess it without the emotional statement that, uh, or the emotional feeling of the moment. Yeah, that's the trick, though, isn't it? Mm, it's emotionally disconnecting from the moment, which yeah. you haven't for how long? Many years. Right. Many See years. how easy it is to not like to be blind to it, like to be blind to your own emotional attachment to a non-moment, almost. Mm. You know, in the grand scheme of things, really. Yeah. It's not like he kicked you in the shin. Yeah. <laughs> I've taken it's, more, not like I've taken... He, it's not like he sent you to standard detention barracks in Edmonton and you're on bread and water for a year. It wasn't that bad. It was your reputation. But doesn't reputation sting? 
Oh, it stings. It's it insinuate in not insidious. 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 Yeah. Thank you. Um, and that's uh, which that's is different than incestuous. Very different. <laughs> very different. That's a very good clarification. Um, ooh, which is Storm's got a nice little comment here. Uh, who do you want to be though? The person who touches the stovetop and gets burnt and touches it again, or the one who sees it's hot but thinks this time, this time it won't hurt, and then never touches it again. <laughs> and I like that. But the because uh, there there's there's that uh, we were just talking about that that you uh, you can just recede into your shell and then never ever reach for that again. Yeah, that's called mediocrity. Mediocrity. So well. Here's a question. Is it that bad? Yeah. In my world, it is. Yeah. It's literally the thing that it's not that I despise it. That's a really strong word, but it's something that I actively hate. Hate is such a strong word as well. <laughs> the two strongest words you can come up with. Despise. Right. Uh, how about I go with this? Mediocrity is something I don't care for. Okay. In myself. Yeah. And I also don't care for it in others mm -hmm. because that is insidious. The moment that we as a society start embracing mediocrity, then it's normalized. And then it's the thing where nobody has any higher expectations of themselves. Here, let me draw a quick uh, comparison. This weekend, uh, both days, both evenings, uh, particularly last night at the big event, the big ball, the big fancy dress ball, um, you know, meeting people, old friends, new friends, blah, 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 whatever. Some of the people that were there were like, not even of this planet. They were so massively overachieving in life that it made me feel like an underperformer. I was starting to like, am I mediocre? Have I not pushed a hard enough velocity? Am I currently underachieving? Because, because I mean, so here's to my point. How do you define mediocrity? You, you'll never understand mediocrity if you're surrounded by mediocrity. Mm. You just think you're good to go. And so until you get in a room full of people who make you blink three times and think, oh, I'm pretty mediocre. That's when you start realizing the delta, the difference between mediocrity and really kicking ass, mm -hmm. whatever that means to anyone out there. And hey, mediocrity is comfortable, I'm sure, but I ain't into that comfort and nor should anyone else be. We've talked about it lots of times. Get out of the comfort zone, go get some anti-fragility into your system mm -hmm. and start seeing what you're capable of. Go achieve whatever that means to you. And if you don't have that idea locked into your peanut about what, what could I actually accomplish on this planet if I really try my best to be or do or think or execute to the best of my ability? I mean, I've just seen too many people become amazing because they wanted to see their best because mm -hmm. I wanted to see their best. And through encouraging them to do more, be more, help more, I've seen people turn, like double their abilities. And I, th I think everyone can, but no one will if they think they're an ass kicker. 
with their Dorito slippers on, you know what I mean? You, at one point, you probably thought you were like a mega ass kicker. Oh, yeah. I thought like it was awesome. Grade six, yeah. or grade 10, yeah. or your fourth year in the army or whatever. You probably thought you were special operations at one time. Oh, yeah. I thought it was like awesome. Yeah, dude. Yeah, look, at you awesome. Fold, look at you fold sheets. I'm going to fold the crap out of these sheets. I'm going to special operations these socks all day long. <laughs> Okay, well, let's now. This is I've heard. I've I've done this before. Uh, tried to get people to, you know, hey, look at what you're look at what you're capable of. What if they don't think they're worth it? Well, everyone is. It's for That's you right. to find someone who lets you know that you are, which is literally what I'm doing right now. By the way, for the last minute of my dialogue, but it's just that it's not said often enough. Mm. I I don't want to be the guy who's saying this because I know for some people. I'll come across as too direct, too mean, too whatever. But this is how I coach. Any athlete that I've ever coached who showed up to me, when I blink and look at them in the eye, I'm like, oh, I'm going to double you. And either they know it then or they don't know it then. It doesn't matter to me. It's my job to introduce introduce them to the idea, not that they're mediocre. It's my job to introduce them to the idea that you don't even know how much ass you can kick yet. Let's go find that out for you. And then mm-hmm. in a in a team-like fashion, them and me, the two of us will figure out the best path forward for them to become their own little world champion in whatever it is that they want to become. And by world champion, I don't mean on the podium. What yeah. I mean is in their world, whatever yeah. their world is. Yeah, that's a... Uh... I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we we internalize a lot of this and it's so rarely externalized, so rarely discussed, so rarely talked about directly out in the open that it can be challenging for people to even bring up the words. It's true. Let alone actively go against them. And and the the other part is that, you know, people are like, I'm not saying me, I'm not scared to say these things. But there are people who are scared to look at someone in the eye and say, are you kidding me right now? You better pick up the pace and double yourself this year. And we're going to do that together. So there's not too many people that feel pretty comfortable doing that. And sometimes, you know, like I've said it, my way is my way. And sometimes I'm not right for everyone. But if someone really wants to change their life, I'll help them do it. But it is no easy gig. You, you don't get to pull up in front of me and say, hey, Sean, I want to be awesome. And then all of a sudden, there's a, a package from Amazon that shows up on your front doorstep and it's a dozen roses. Awesome. We ain't dating. <laughs> we ain't holding hands. What we're actually doing is we're going to kick some ass. Mm-hmm. Most of it is going to be yours. And some of it is going to be other people that you're going to kick. But eventually, you'll turn into an ass kicker. And then my ask of you a year, two years, 10 years later is... Hey, bro, here's the deal. On day one, you owed me. And now you're paying me back by figuring out how to make someone else an ass kicker. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, Winterstorm says, it's up to you to find someone who believes in you. Powerful words. That's 100% true. And then he's got a question. Do we determine our own mediocrity or is it enough to believe that we are achieving? What do you think? I think the definition of mediocrity is defined 
by your understanding of how the world turns, by yeah. your understanding of the people that you hang out with, by your understanding of your sphere of influence, your closest friends. I didn't fly across the country this weekend to go and meet some mediocre people. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just don't amazing. do things like that. Yeah. And I never have. Yeah. If time and money, it's called resources. When I'm deploying resources, I'm deploying them towards becoming more awesome, figuring out how to do it better. And as part of that role, for me, like I'm not, I'm not flying out to that room full of freaking superhumans to go sort them out. I'm flying out there to get sorted out myself. You know, I'm standing next to people that like, I can't even believe I'm standing next to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it, no one should ever get it twisted that like I'm top of the food chain and I'm looking down and talking, talking to anyone like I got it all figured out. I need my own course corrections. I need to be recalibrated. We all do. And when I spent that weekend out there with all of those ass kickers, I was like, I got to pick up the pace. Mm. You know, and this is, I think the key of it all, the key of everything we've gone over so far today is the fact that you have to be able to look at yourself critically. Because if you can't do that, even, even at, in the most remote minor positions, then you'll never actually get past whatever it is that, that you have hooks in. Whatever it is, the thing that you're holding on to, if you can't critically look at it, It'll just sit there, never going away. You have to. Well, you to did get that. You did get half of the sentence right in the sense of you've got to look at yourself critically through the eyes of others. Because mm. mm. Chance Burroughs was looking at himself critically for the last decade, thinking that he hadn't done anything wrong, perhaps, or that he was so hard done by, or it's everyone else's fault. You were critical of everything else externally, but you didn't need to be critical of yourself because you didn't think you'd done anything wrong. Mm -hmm. it was a i'll call it a victim mentality to some degree yeah but you never would have thought that within 24 hours if you'd have sat down at my desk and we would have figured it out you know that's true saying? yeah that's true there is uh lots there's lots of things that could have been different but weren't for sure and for therefore sure. For and sure. this is the the thing that I, you know, I, I have come to realize over the years dealing with my own past and with my, all my own uh, issues was the fact that it doesn't matter what could have happened. All that matters is what happened. And it is. Well, yeah. And, and how you learn from it. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, externally, uh, it was everyone else's fault. You were critically analyzing yourself, and that was getting you no further ahead. In fact, it was making you go backwards. Mm -hmm. And so criticality is best viewed by overachievers or awesome ass kickers who can look you in the eye and say, bro, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes, I do. I, it's good that I happen to have one. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, My apologies. <laughs> it's all good, man. This is... This is the benefit. One of the one of the greatest benefits I get out of this is that I learn so much. Me right? too. And like, and we get to talk to super cool people, super high achievers, super just thinkers and doers, and all this stuff. 
But at the end of the day, what the biggest thing that helps me out of all of this is the fact that I get to throw the things that I get stuck on to all of you. Yeah, it's cool, man. <laughs> I dig it. And you know what? What you're doing actually in, in a uh, ironic way is you're holding yourself accountable. You're critically analyzing your performance by trying to figure out how to better perform by saying that, well, someone else's fault. And then we get to work through this process. And then at the end of the day, we both shrug our shoulders and say, yeah, you could have done better. And here's how you could have done it. And presto changeo, doing better. Mm-hmm. But the, the the dialogue never occurs or it didn't occur back in the day. No. And and I don't know about, you know, I don't know how therapy works nowadays. I don't know what therapists are saying, but I'm not sure if there's too many therapists who are out there saying, bro, are you kidding me right now? You know what I'm saying? I would love, I would love to 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 go to a therapist and have them be like, seriously. Yeah. And, and do you know why that wouldn't work for you? Any ideas why that wouldn't work? Uh, well, it would, I think it would work for me. I don't think it. Would, I think it wouldn't work for a lot of other people. No, I don't think it would work for you either. You don't think it would work for me? Maybe perhaps because they are not the achiever that I would hold myself to a standard of. Because you don't respect them enough. Mm-hmm. And what yeah. you're looking for is respect. And you'll never be able to get the respect for yourself in the moment if someone isn't going to hold you accountable enough. If you don't respect someone enough to hold you accountable enough that you can go back and look at that respectful moment and figure out that you did it wrong and then move forward doing it right. Mm. What therapist in the world is going to like look at you in the eye and say, bro, are you kidding me right now? And you're, you're, what you're then, what you're then going to do is you're going to mentally check out and at the end of the session, you're on your phone looking for new therapist. Uh, number thirty-three therapist. Number thirty-two didn't work out. <laughs> That's a great point. That is a great uh, point. But, and am I wrong? I don't know. If I'm wrong, yeah. let me know. It really depends on your therapist, first off, because you got to find that right balance. Like my therapist, I I enjoy our sessions nowadays, but at the beginning, there were a lot of those. She was holding me accountable, not in the same way. But she was holding my, me accountable to my own self-image, which mm. allowed me to start seeing. It was the, a gentle process, I'm sure. It, it, there was, it was less gentle than to other places. Because I've been through a number of therapists. And mm. some I'll of say them, this, gentler than me. And that's why I say I'm you, yes. for anyone, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> but I do like... I, I do get results, that's for sure. That's that's true. That's very true. We got some more comments here. Winterstorm, again, bring in fire always. Thank you very much, Winterstorm, for all the comments. Uh, we don't walk in the forest believing we are as tall as the giants around us, but we will climb one to the top to see what they see. Oh, yeah, Ooh, that's, that's nice. Neat. I like that. It's very mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings. It is very Lord of the Rings. Uh, and then he also has another one. We accept we will never be that tall, but don't let that stop us and we will find a way. Either we see the view or we don't. Ooh, that's nice too. I like that. And I like that uh, specifically because it's no longer about the height. It's about the view. Uh, I disagree though. No? Uh, no. I mean, you can't see a view if you're in the prone position. True. But it's not about it's not about being in the prone. It's not about looking up at the tree and going, man, that's really tall or climbing a yeah, mountain. We're going, talking oh, about the view, right? Yeah. The, yeah, but the so. view, the view comes with the height. But if you let the height stop you, you will never get to the view. All I was saying is, the taller you go, the more you see. 
Well, I, you I can't know see that. a lot in the prone. You can't I mean, see a lot at my height. You might see more at your height, but what you can see is a lot more at a hundred feet up. That's true. And so the higher up you go, the more you see. And the reason I say that to make my point is if you're in mediocreville, surrounded by mediocrity, and you don't want to climb a tree. Oh my goodness, it's turning into a haiku. And you and you don't want to climb a tree. Well, how are you going to improve your view? How are you ever going to know there's anything else other than mediocrityville? Mm. You think you're kicking ass, but you can barely get off your couch. But you're an ass kicker because everyone else is laying on the couch all around you. And so how do you know what a view is if all you can see is your, your own sweaty socks? Mm. So you do have to climb high. And what does that mean? I did it again this weekend. I went out to a place where the view is well beyond the horizon. Mm. It doesn't matter how high I climb up a tree. I can't see as far as a lot of those guys can see, but I want to, which means that they're up there checking out that view. I'm down here seeing that they can see more than I can see. I'm now grappling my way up that tree to try to get up to that view to see how that world feels, how that world view can be interpreted by my little peanut. Mm. You got to seek. I you like gotta that word. Seek. You got to yeah. adventure. You, you got to want more for yourself. Okay. So we, we got to want more for ourselves and we got to be able to seek out what it is we want. What if we don't know what we want? Uh, I believe there's just wait. There's this modern implement called pen. <laughs> and then there's notepads where you can just like write things on it. And at the what? top of the page, you can do this. My why? Question mark. And then you can sit and stare at that piece of paper until you come up with what your why is and then get to work. I like that a lot. <laughs> These modern instruments called pens. <laughs> I was hoping you'd come up with something like that. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, that uh, I think that sums up us pretty well for the for the Well, afternoon. I don't want to sum us up. Thoughts? I don't want to I don't want to sum us up. I, okay. I'm not trying to sum anything up. I'm just looking to create a dialogue that you can learn from and I can learn from. Mm -hmm. So if you've got pushback or if you've got nuance or you've got a different angle or you think, well, I don't know, mediocrity is spelled diabolical or whatever. I mean, hit me with it, you know? And I, I would. There's, yeah, I don't know if we have time to actually dive into a whole nother uh, evolution of this, but I will go into one. So someone figures out their why. Right. And they, they don't know what they want though. And that there's, there is a slight difference there because if you have a, if you have a why, that's one thing, but if you don't know maybe how to get there or, um, Oh, look at that shiny comment, new segment for the collective for guests. My why that could actually be a good segment. Um, once they figure out their why, then what? Like, I understand, I understand, get to work, start, managing and start planning your your system through there um so what does that mean to you for me yeah get to well, work what does that even mean that means that i now am going to seek 
the why. I, I, how? I will, how do I seek the why? By doing things that I think will put me in a position to understand that why. And then all of a sudden you're standing on a parade square with no answers as you're being called a liar. And so, you know, you're, you had a why maybe at that point, like, why did he yell at me? And what did you do about that? You, you stewed on it. Yeah. So you, what you did was nothing. Mm. And it's been bugging you all this time and you mm. didn't do a thing. But now you can think about, oh, there's maybe different ways to do it. Just through a conversation, this conversation perhaps, or not, whatever. But you ain't going to solve anything by yourself that's really massive. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you could, it wouldn't be massive. It wouldn't be unsolvable. It wouldn't be the thorn in your side that it is. So how best to do that? I think we just talked about it. You know, reach out, have someone else reach out, the neighbor, whatever. Yeah. If you can't do it by yourself, which is probable, then you got to figure out how to do it with someone else. Yeah. It's always good to engage the team, right? Whatever that is. team is. Yeah, whatever and it is. If you can... Uh, as long as that team ain't wrapping you with a warm blanket and handing you warm milk with honey in it. <laughs> Everything's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. Don't even think yeah. about it Don't anymore. You'll be fine. It. Yeah, it'll be totally fine. Just You'll, forget it. Forget no, it even happened. Over, over time, it'll heal. <laughs> Now, th- that's funny because time does heal, but only if you are actively seeking healing using that time. Because you you can slowly get over things, but you have to want to get over them to begin with. And if you don't well, want to get diff- over them. The, the important difference there is how much time do you have and how slow do you want to heal? Mm. Oh, you want to, oh, you're going to take a, uh, you, you need 40 years to heal? Can you imagine hanging on to a burden for 40 years, micro-dotting the problems away over the course of 40 years. Today, I'm just going to think about it for a second, and then I'm not going to think about it anymore. I'm going to cower. Yeah. Be bold. Be courageous. Face it head on at a pace that is palatable, that isn't invasive or diabolical or crushing you. Yeah. But put some pace to the problem, some velocity. Because... It ain't going to take care of itself. You got to take care of it at a pace that's going to make a difference. Not maybe in a day, but definitely not in a decade. You got to figure it out in a timely fashion so it doesn't burden you. Yeah. And I mean, we've, we've talked about this before, but, and I mentioned a couple of times that my granddad spent 70 Mm -hmm. plus years not talking about the war at all Mm -hmm. in any way whatsoever. And it ate Mm -hmm. him alive over time. And I, we all saw it. We wish we could have helped them, wish we could have saw stuff, but it does, it'll eat you alive if you let it. How would you have helped him? You, you, did, you don't know how to help your, yourself sometimes, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Because no one talks like this. No. No. And that's why we do it. That's why we, that's why we came up with the collective to begin with. with so to some degree could, it is. Yeah. So we could pass on this, uh, this knowledge, the thought processes, not only that, but making it palatable to talk about it. Well, I don't think I don't know what we're passing on. I'm I'm not trying to pass on any uh, anything. I'm just openly talking about these things, and I don't know if we've solved anything or figured anything out. And if anyone's listening to this and and they've benefited from it, then that's great. But I don't have an agenda where I'm where I know all. The, I don't know the solutions. 
I'm just openly talking about it. If we'd have had a panel of eight people or three people or whatever, the conversation would have gone in a different way perhaps. And maybe we would have solved it faster or differently or more nuanced or three-dimensionally or whatever. I don't know, but it's just you and I openly talking about a subject that maybe we, you know, improve things to some degree, but really what, what I think we're trying to do right now is have open dialogue to encourage thought amongst ourselves, you and I, and anyone who's listening, that after this is concluded, maybe someone is simply going to grab a device called Pen Mark One A1 and write down something that is of benefit for them today. You don't have to, it's not like anyone has to work on the genetic code or cracking DNA or anything like that. Grab a pen, scribble something on paper, see what it says. And if you can read your own scribbly handwriting, maybe it'll help you today. But where you won't get any help is if you ignore the pen, if you ignore the problem, if you think that time will take care of it. I said it the other day, every breath you take is a breath that's gone. You don't get it back. Yeah. You've only got so many. Do the math. Do your best to do better so that you can help yourself and help those around you, your family, your friends, your community, your world, et cetera. Yeah. I like it that uh, I'm going to, I'm going to shut her down with a, a haiku. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You ready for this? Witcher I'm storm ready. gave us a haiku. Bring it. I love the it. The haiku by Sean. I don't know. You don't know either. More push-ups. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> That's going on a shirt. I like that. hundred uh, percent. I'll figure that out and we'll get it out to the masses for some merch. But uh, until we don't end to your point, Sean, I have learned. And I don't mean that in just the fact that I'm going to use it as a, as a segue into my final speech here, but I've, I've learned quite a bit. I'm going to take what I now understand and apply it to my life and awesome. see how that works. And I think everybody out there can do the same. And therefore, we can all learn, we can all build, and we can all grow together here on The Collective. So until tomorrow, see you all later. Chimo. Chimo.